Pod episode 47. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, and um, football season's finally over. Um, the Rams, some people's Los Angeles Rams, um, won their second Super Bowl in the length of Tom Brady's career. Um, <laughs> Matt, as always, asking you how you're doing, but also how's your daddy doing? I need to hear live reaction from the dubious den. Yes. Lifelong Rams fan. Tell me about that time, that experience. Daddy's great. Uh, very, very happy for him. As I've mentioned on this pod before, he's probably our number one listener too. So shout out you pops. Um, I've only been referring to him as champ since Sunday. Uh, so every time I talk to him, whatever, it's what's up champ. How's it going champ? Um, but he's doing great. Like I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like this was the pinnacle of like pops joy. It's just, it's incredible to see, <laughs> like, not that he's a, a you know, a, a grumpy or, or mean person generally, but the Rams take him to a certain level that you just can't get any other way. Um, but we watched it in the same house, different rooms. Um, couldn't really watch it with him in the first half at all. Just the vibes were off. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to impose. So I went down the and alive. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what works. I hadn't watched a game with him all year. So um, I went down at halftime because he was watching it on the big, good TV. Obviously, as you can guess, he does not watch the halftime show, especially when his Rams are in it. So he left the room. I was there able to enjoy the uh, probably the best halftime show I've seen in a few years, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But then I went back upstairs after that, came down for the last Rams drive. And, man, it was – it was beautiful. Nice 23 to 20 win, win by the Rams. Um, and yeah, Pop's phone was blowing up after that last whistle like he had another child. It was crazy. Um, all the congratulations coming to him. So uh, two titles in his lifetime. Pretty fucking cool. Shout out Pretty to good. you, Pops. 
Pretty good for the favorite team. Shout out to, to Dubious. It's the only reason why I was rooting for the Rams. Um, just to get a nice, nice day for the Parati household. Um, yes. Overall, I mean, going into it, like, I went into it fairly neutral. Like, yes, I don't care for the Rams or LA, but at that point, once the Niners are out, like, I could care less at, at this point who wins. Um, I thought it was a good game overall. Um, Cincinnati, I thought they had a chance. Um, they kind of shit the bed towards the end, had some good plays fall their way. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, commercials were ass, as always. Um, <laughs> they've been so bad lately. I don't know if you saw one that was that uh, that caught your mind, maybe the uh, Sopranos one, maybe the uh... – You know what? Unpopular opinion, I didn't really like the Sopranos one. I didn't care for it either. I didn't see it in real yeah. time. I, uh, I was catching up to the game, so I was just, like, jamming through the commercials after the first wave. And I was like, I don't, I don't need to see these. Um, yeah, not good. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. But um, the halftime show, I did care for. That was a, that was a good, what, fifteen minute, ten minute little, uh, little performance. One of the better ones I can remember. Um, I will Same. say, I thought the J Lo Shakira one was fire. Um, sex appeal aside, um, I thought that performance was sick. But agreed. Yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for? Snoop Dogg is, continues to be the coolest person to ever walk this earth. Um, Dr. Dre, who I forgot had a stroke last year, looked uh, looks, looks very good, good out there. <laughs> looks very good for just having a he stroke. Looked pretty good. I mean, he's always been kind of a freak of nature, like trying to be all like in, in shape and everything. He's always been like super yoked out. But yeah, I forgot that he almost died last year. So like, <laughs> good to see him yeah. out there performing. <laughs> I think that divorce really uh, took a toll on him. Yeah. And then the, the best moment was 50 coming out of nowhere, upside down, pushing an extra like 50, 150 pounds or so. People uh, were saying he upgraded to dollar. He gained so much weight. There's there's a lot of jokes. There's that one. There's, you know, 50 is experiencing in- inflation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> the memes were out of control too. I don't know if you remember the classic meme of the white kid in class who's like, holding oh, his yeah. breath and, and like those weird flip. kids that used to like get all red in high, in elementary school and shake yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody took that photo flipped it upside down and said 50 cent waiting for his cue because <laughs> <laughs> they brought him in upside down like the the music video yeah it was a good it was a really well choreographed performance always funny when people are like doing that much at their age like 50 yes. what like 45 plus years old i don't know how old he is right now but like He's up there. Everybody's pushing for 50 years old. And he's wearing the, he brought up the OG G unit, like bra wife beater tanks. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 46. He's 46. Like, that's a lot for old boy to be hung upside down for how puffy he looked. But <laughs> shout Yo, out 50, man. I cannot believe he didn't pass out. It looked like the blood was rushing to his head at an incredible rate. That could have gone so bad. Like, oh, he could have just completely fallen asleep. How long do you think he was upside down for before the camera hit him? You know, I would say at least a minute. He looked very longer than anybody who doesn't do that regularly should. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> he's not in shape to be doing like the pull-ups upside down anymore. Yeah, but hey, he got out. He got down in a uh, in good fashion. Spit his verse mm-hmm. and got on. Um, Kendrick was great as always. Um, I just feel like at this point, anytime Kendrick makes an appearance in any sort of media, I'm like, I'm locked in. Um, One of those guys that can play the same songs from 
2015 and they're still bangers. Um, oh, yeah. But no, it's good to see him. And then <laughs> Mary J just being fucking Mary J. Just oh man, she was so good. Class, yeah. Getting her yell, her, her whales in. <laughs> she had them thighs out too. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> respectfully, Mary. Respectfully, respectfully. Yeah, she was looking good. She sounded great. Um, yeah, she was another nice piece to it as well. I thought the way that they like like you said, kind of choreographed the whole thing, just flowed really well. I know we got a few more performances to get to, but yeah, Mary was great. Yeah. I, I like this, like the setup, the kind of how people were kind of going in and out of different state uh, settings. Yeah. Um, I loved I Dr. Dre's setup where it was like, you know how he's always on the fucking boards yeah, where he's like, like pushing keys. and pulling yeah. imaginary knobs that don't do anything. I love how they set that up for him. That was tight. Yep. And they put Snoop in like some old ass, like, long beach like bedroom like <laughs> yeah another funny one because obviously snoop was draped up in the finest blue uh fabric you could find and <laughs> shout out to tyler on twitter it was like huh snoop's a crip you don't say never heard that one before <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> yeah hmm, news to me uh and then uh bearded eminem made an appearance um and at I thought he was going to play Forgot About Dre just to kind of like, they kind of started with it and then he did like Lose Yourself. I was like, God, oh God damn it, Eminem. Um, and, and the worst part, I think that was the loudest crowd reaction of the whole performance. Of all, course. The white, that's like the White's favorite song. Yeah. Mom's, Mom's Spaghetti. It's funny looking at Eminem now how he's like trying to look a little like swaggy. He's got like gold chains and Jordans with like his little backwards E on it, and like skinny jeans mm-hmm. and his fucking be- it's just like I don't like it. <laughs> it makes me your so brother, uncomfortable. Your brother had a good tweet. He's like, I don't know what it is, but bearded Eminem makes me so uncomfortable. So yeah, Joey did not going out of the park. <laughs> yeah, he it's something about it. It's like the mix of his anger and like seriousness and whackness all put together just makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, he just like it's just like he's trying so hard to be this hard ass, and he's like clearly just not a hard ass. Like he's clearly like the furthest thing from a hard ass these days. And so it's like he does this like squinty look where he's just like, like, and then he's he's gonna fucking fit like eighteen different syllables into one line. Like nobody wants to hear that shit. I will say though, the one gleaming part of that performance, I know you were probably gonna bring it up next, our boy. Andy Pack was on the drums, which was a nice yeah. little Easter egg for everybody. I had no idea that he was there until my brother texted me. I was talking to him about oh, no like way. Kendrick, and he's like, "You see Andy Pack?" And I was like, "I completely went over my head. I was so yeah. focused on like how annoying Eminem was. I totally missed Anderson Pack playing <laughs> the drums." Um, I think it was because I was getting so uncomfortable looking at Eminem that I was like, "Oh, who's who's in the band?" Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I don't remember. Did they say like beforehand? Did they tease that Anderson Pack was going to be on the halftime show? Okay. No, so I, was, I don't think they talked about unless I miss it. I don't think they're talking about 50 either. I don't I remember think, them talking about 50. I remember I it was 50 was Snoop, a surprise. Kendrick and uh Marshall and Mary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think 50 was a surprise, and then Andy Pack was definitely a surprise. Yeah, that was really cool, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so sick that he's able to go out and do something like that. And I was hoping that Dr. Dre was going to work him in because this is 
I mean, the cool thing about the whole performance was it was Dre's performance. So everyone that he kind of groomed and had fingerprints on their career and his biggest artists, they performed Snoop, 50, Eminem. Did he do a lot with Mary? That was the one where I'm like, I really don't know if he produced for her. I personally don't know either. Um, I I was hoping maybe Exhibit would come out and they'd do like X or something like that. Oh my God, Symphony and X major? I don't think... The six thousand dollar ticket holders in uh, SoFi would know what's going on out there, so they'd be um, like, "Is he here to pimp someone's ride?" Yeah, that's the pimp my ride guy. <laughs> oh my god, is he gonna throw a fish tank in my PT Cruiser? <laughs> oh, he's nasty. What's he saying? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a good good performance. Um, yes, need more of that in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm still baffled at how fucking intense these performances are nowadays. I don't know. I know it's been the case forever, but for some reason, like the production on these things are like insane for a fucking halftime show. Like it's yeah, they really are. It never ceases to amaze me. But I'm a tune in. A lot of people legit. I mean, I hate to uh, narrow down the the audience, but I think a lot of the female viewers are probably that's the only reason they're watching the game is for the commercials and halftime shows. So they got to do it big. They know they they can't have step with that. Where was out running an errand during the first half? And she came back and was like, did this halftime show happen already? And so I had to just rewind to watch the halftime show again. Like, yep, hey, no qualms here. I was like, I'll gladly watch it again. Yeah. I mean, sitting there watching for her reactions, like, (laughs) 50's coming up next. (laughs) (laughs) He's upside down. You're never going to know. (laughs) Recycle the same jokes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll see if he's hit on her. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is the first time I remember, uh, like, the halftime show very much being like for us. I hate to like do like a FUBU thing, but for, uh, you know, like I think I saw online, people were saying everyone born from like 85 to like 98, this is like for us specifically. Yeah. I mean, I think awesome. that's what should, that's what a halftime show should be. It's like, I get last year was the weekend. I just I don't like the idea like let's just play like recent songs like give me something that like everybody can get into that's gonna you know bring you back a little bit. I thought J Lo and Shakira's did a good job of that. Um, they kind of play yes. some bangers, but the weekends was kind of whack. Just like playing his songs and like just felt like a yeah. grimy performance. Like in retrospect, I the need a little bit was kind of whack. I need a little need, bit more. Uh, you need a little bit of nostalgia too, so you hit yeah. all parties. Yeah, you got to keep the party going. It's the fucking Super Bowl. Like we're here. To, you do. We're here to have a good time. So, and to answer our question earlier, Dr. Dre did produce uh, Mary J. Blige. He produced Family Affair and No More Drama. And she sang No More Drama. She did amazingly. She belted that shit out, dude. And she's fifty-one. She's killing it. Yeah, Queen R and B, baby, or is it Queen of Soul? I forget what they call her. She's, she's the queen. queen. Of something. Yeah. Yeah, she's the queen. Um. Yeah. On to the offseason for the Niners. A whole oh. lot of shit going on. The last question I wanted to ask well, you. Oh, you well, I was going to bring up one more thing as well. What do you got? I just wanted to, you, uh, last episode, you took a guess of the Gatorade color. Oh, I, and I hate wrong. to tell you, my friend, you were wrong. You, you guessed perp. It came out blue. You're you in know, the same family, but you can't hit them every year. I was close, and then I saw the odds. Perp was like plus 900. I was like, ah, shit. There's no, no way to go with that. <laughs> yeah. I knew that it was wasn't going to be orange. It may have been orange for the Bengals, but mm-hmm. blue Rams. I mean, yeah, I saw that too. I was like, "Ooh, that's close to purple," but it ain't. <laughs> so, yeah, another try next year. 
I've only got it right once. That was two years ago. Um, it was always next year. Yep. <laughs> um, I got asked, did you see Richard Sherman going off t- these past couple of days about Matthew Stafford? I was going to um, bring that up. I think it's – I still love Richard Sherman, and I think that he's fucking spot on with this take. Do you want to clue the uh, listeners in on, on what he said? I have it up if you don't. Yeah, why don't you read the quote itself, and we'll get into it. Sure. So I agree with this take too, beyond to, to yeah, it. and it's all revolving around people after this game are starting the narrative now, like, oh, is Stafford gonna get a gold jacket? Is Stafford now a Hall of Famer? Which seems kind of crazy, but um Richard Sherman handled it well, and I'll read his his uh he tweeted about it a lot. So Richard Sherman said, I'm gonna talk about it on the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now. It's like a participation trophy. Not all decade team, uh, excuse me, no all decade team, no all pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. He did nothing spectacular. It's really a macrocosm of his career. Did good, not great. Made a few wow passes, made a few face palm passes. Aaron Donald and Vaughn are the two Hall of Famers he should thank. Uh, There is no measuring stick that makes Stafford a Hall of Famer other than playing in the most passer-happy decade in NFL history. Inflated numbers make uh, every QB that starts 10-plus years a Hall of Famer. Uh, And then he said he gets his day, but just throwing around Hall of Fame like that irks me. So many had the most dominant to make it. So many had to be the most dominant to make it, Um, which I think that's just like the most perfect, succinct, spot-on, analysis of people just throwing around this hall of fame thing with Matt Stafford, which sounds so ridiculous. And just to kind of like go over it, this is a list of quarterbacks who have been inducted into the hall of fame since uh, the year 2000. Mm. Okay. I'm going to read these guys off to you in 2000. You might've heard of him. Little guy named Joe Montana. Class of 02, Jim Kelly. Mm. Uh, Class of 04, John Elway. Class of 05, Ben Friedman, who I don't know who that is, but it's a black and white photo. So I'm imagining this was probably like his 15th time on the ballot and they just let him in. Yeah. Uh, also 05, Dan Marino, Steve Young. 06, Troy Aikman, Warren Moon. 10 years they didn't induct a quarterback. 2016, Brett Favre, Ken Stabler. 2017, Kurt Warner. And 2021, Peyton Manning. So out of all those quarterbacks that I just listed and, and uh, talked about, I don't see Matt Stafford holding a candle to any of these dudes. I mean, maybe Ben Friedman, because I have no fucking clue who he is. Yeah. But I mean, it's like I'm looking at his records and I I always go off the uh the Coley Mick mantra of the Hall of Fame. Like, can you tell the story of the sport? Or when you tell the story of the sport, do you have to include this person? Like, do you have to include him? Right. And I think you can definitely tell the story of the NFL. And, uh, and have no need to talk about Matt Stafford. Um, um, the only way you would is if you're saying, then the Rams put together this team with Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, um, Odell Beckham, and Cooper Cup had an amazing year. Their quarterback was Matt Stafford. Like, right, right. <laughs> I, I first, I, I didn't know that there was that little, like, there wasn't that many quarterbacks added to the Hall of Fame over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it to be more of a, like, seclude like like smaller class like i don't need to have 
anybody that has like, you know, 20,000 career passing yards in a, in a certain amount of time. Like right. his whole stat line is like, he was the fastest to do these milestones of passing yards. And it's like, yeah, you played with Megatron, who was one of the greatest receivers ever in a league that was moving away from sort of the ground and pound style and into this aired out air raid style offenses. And you just happen to do it for the longest, as far as like when the, the era started to where you're at now. And outside of that, outside of his like passing yards records, there's nothing much else you can really put to him. That makes him stand out amongst the quarterbacks that his career, that be in. his career record as a starter is 86, 95 and one. Like he doesn't even have a winning record as a starting quarterback. He played for the Lions. He stinks. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to throw out like a ricochet shot, but just to kind of like compare and contrast, he definitely does have better numbers. And if you only look at that as a career, he's got a better career than Joe Namath. Broadway Joe's in the Hall of Fame. So like, where do we draw a line here? I agree with you. I don't think Stafford, at least at this point, if he racks up one or two more Super Bowls with the Rams, who the fuck knows? Then yes, I think he gets into that conversation. But uh, with one Lombardi and the records and, and uh, stats he has now, I don't, I don't see it. I don't subscribe to the thought of like once they get a ring that like solidifies their Hall of Fame bid. Like there's yeah, plenty of one players. Is a fluke. One is a fluke a lot of the times, but also like your stat sheet and your accolades throughout your career should already get you in the Hall of Fame. That should just come as like a cherry on top. Like. I just think of like the NBA greats who didn't make, get a ring, but still had Hall of Fame careers. Like you should be able to have a Hall of Fame career with or without a ring. If anything, like it puts more to your legacy. Like Aaron Donald, for example, like has all these great awards and accolades. Like having that ring now adds to his his legacy. But he was a Hall of Famer before the the ring even came. That was already totally. established. Um, no I one was talking that. about Stafford being a, a Hall of Famer up until him up until Monday. So, yeah, true. But I do think that like to go back to the whole like winning chips thing, I think it does add a little something different to the recipe. It does. Uh, obviously, you you build it all on your own and it's an individual thing. It's not a team Hall of Fame. But I think contributing to a winning culture and, and winning chips and stacking rings, I think that has a lot to say for your resume as well. Yeah. Obviously, we're not talking like Steve Kerr. There's no way as a player he gets into the uh, Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Although he probably will because they let fucking everyone in. He'll go but, in as a coach. Well, of course, he'll go in as a coach. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think that, like, there's there's two different ways. Like, obviously, you can be the cog on a, a bigger equation of a team. But also, I don't know, win, winning a chip, like you said, adds a little stank on it. Yeah, I mean, I – I, I fully agree with with Sherman's take across all Hall of Fames. I think we're kind of getting to this point where it's getting way too inclusive. I feel like you're kind of getting that in the NBA a little bit, and that top 75 list kind of like shows where it's if you're just like recently relevant, you're going to make some sort of list and things like that. So right. um, I don't hate his take. I, I agree with it. I'll leave it to Richard Sherman to talk that shit and. Yeah. let people talk shit back but i think he's fully valid in that in that statement i do too i'm curious to i'm assuming he has his own podcast he was talking about he was going to talk Most about likely. it on his, yeah I, I would love that to hear like him a go fucking annoying podcast though man a lot of Just screaming screaming in your <laughs> ear for an hour and 20 minutes 
Fucking Richard. Sorry, Sherman. ass quarterback. Like, <laughs> shut up, man. <laughs> yeah, and probably, like, probably not something two. I want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, two and a half hour episodes. Like, what are we doing here, Dick? Screaming at you. Um, so, yeah, another another oh. uh, narrative that's been started is uh, Aaron Donald. Does he hang it up now? I think that's a rumor that's circulating. Also, Sean McVay. I don't know if you've seen those floating around. Aaron Donald and Sean McVay, people are thinking they are both going to hang it up on top. So, Sean McVay is a squid for doing that, in my opinion. So I guess the, the whole deal with McVay is he's 35 now, right? He's 35. Yeah. He's about to get married to his... He's still the youngest coach in the league. Correct. But he's about to get married to his smoking hot model girlfriend or fiance, whatever they are. And uh, I guess he said he would love to take some time off or to kind of like bookend his career to to raise a family. And if you think about it, it does kind of work out well for him because supposedly they're trying to groom him to be like the next Gruden as far as TV personality. Hmm. Um, But I mean, you're still going to be away from your fucking kid traveling for Monday night football or whatever primetime show you're doing. So I don't know how quite how much that would work. And I mean, say he does have a kid in the next year or two, he can, raise his kid, send his kid off to college and still be like 55 and come back and coach. Yeah. So it's kind of a win-win for him. However, he does it. I mean, I'm okay with him taking a sabbatical for, for family reasons. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think to hang it up, like he had this like illustrious career <laughs> and like, <laughs> it would be like unprecedented. A, a young coach like that winning his first champ. And then yeah. just it'd be like Steve that. Kerr, just like hanging it up after, if they were to beat the Raptors in 2019, like, yep, I'm done. I'm, I yeah. did my, uh, made my bones. <laughs> I've accomplished what I needed. <laughs> um, Aaron Donald on the other side. I mean, I'm always for players, especially in football, calling it quits yes. early. Um, Correct. He has especially- nothing else to prove. He beats, he gets his ass beat for 17 games in a season. Um, he's our age too. I looked it up. I'm like, damn, he's yeah. only 30, but those D tackle miles add up a lot different than uh than the regular yeah. boys so i mean i i'm fully okay with him subscribing or subscribing i'm fully okay with him uh retiring like yeah me too take care of your body and your fucking chickens yeah. and your i'll head. be i'll be sad because he's so much fun to watch but like for him I, I would be uh i think it would be a good decision to hang it up yeah but McVeigh, get off your high horse come on you're not that <laughs> you're, you're... Fucking our age, man. Like (laughs) it's unbelievable that I didn't even know that was a a rumor. Fuck do you think you are? Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? Vince Lombardi. (laughs) Fucking guy. Um, but yeah, no, it was good way to end the season. Just so much Joey, Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, gritties, all that good shit. Um, I'm here for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're gonna be fun to watch over the next couple years. Um, yeah, that Burrow, Joe Burrow the next cool white guy, the great white hope. He's what we've always wanted. He's, <laughs> I think was it was a dragonfly that said he's what we thought Baker was gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> he is though. He's fucking great. I love yeah. Joe Burrow, and the media loves him too. Yeah, he'll get it. He'll he'll bring a ship to he'll bring a ship to, to Cincy. He's got that that uh that mojo, as they say. But yeah, I think so too. Especially in there with Jamar, like mm-hmm. it's not even gonna be fair. Yeah. Um, speaking of Mojo, Ooh. last week we talked pre-trade deadline uh, mm-hmm. topics. I'm trying to remember if we predicted a Simmons-Harden trade or not. I don't think I don't think I did. You may have, but 
Um, Who knows? Breaking news. They traded, um, they swapped all-stars. So the full haul was um, Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, 2022 first round pick and a 2027 first round pick go to the Nets and the 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap. Um, Great blockbuster trade for the trade deadline. Um, I like it for both sides. I think the Nets come away in a full-on fleecing of the Sixers. Um, Yeah. Maury got Mm -hmm. his guy. James Harden got his guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, just like you said, I think it works out great for both sides. Um, I mean, the 2022 first round pick that the Nets get from Philly isn't going to really amount to shit. It's going to be, uh, 27th pick overall. Yeah. It's going to be bottom of the first round. I mean, if you're a good organization and you draft well, you can do something with that, but not going to count on it. 2027 first round pick. That's doesn't mean anything to me. Five years yeah. away, that might as well not even be a thing. Yeah. So you're really just looking at the players, I guess. Ben and Ben, Seth and Andre for James and Paul. Uh, like you said, they're they're the Nets are instantly going to get better um, because they add more shooting that they need with Seth. They add defense and kind of like a primary distributor in Ben that they haven't necessarily had. Um, and the Sixers get instantly better because Ben Simmons wasn't playing basketball and James Harden's going to. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of as like, simple as that. Another thing Brooklyn needed was some sort of interior. And say what you want about Drummond, he's a big fucking body. And he can do something in the paint. He can grab rebounds, although people call him to be a stats meaningless minutes stats or meaningless stats. But that's a team who doesn't, who their big, her, their best big guy is LaMarcus Aldridge, who literally couldn't play last year because of a heart issue. Like, that's crazy that he came back. He came back. And then you got Nikhil Claxton or Nick Claxton, who tall, lanky dude, but that's really all he brings to the table is a couple alley-oops, a couple lobs and some rebounds. So I think Drummond's a good add for them just to have some size inside. Ben Simmons hasn't played in forever, but he's still a great defender. He doesn't have any pressure to really shoot on this team now. Um, you None. can spread the floor with KD, Kyrie, Simmons, Curry, and Harris, and you just got – a nasty five squad right there if Harris ever comes back. Um, well, yeah, and, and another point to that, Curry is now an incredible Joe Harris insurance if he doesn't come back. Exactly. I fucking love Seth Curry. <laughs> like, Me too. I'm so fucking pumped for him. I was just listening to him on all the smoke, and he they asked him about uh, getting traded to Philly to play for his father-in-law, and he was joking around like, uh, I thought Dallas fucked up. Like he loves Dallas. He was he, so good in Dallas. He owns a house in Dallas. He said uh, his his wife Callie was like hoping the trade to Philly wouldn't go through. So hopefully this move to Brooklyn is good for him, good for the family. It's not far from Philly, so no. it's not like they're going to be super far away. But to go back to Andre Drummond, it is wild to think that he was an All Star back in 2018. That was not long ago. Yeah. And he was all NBA third team in 2016. And I mean, I think it's fair to say he's the best backup center in the league, right? If not he's the best, there. he's up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a hell of a backup to have. Like, say what he you is. want. Like, he's gonna eat up stats and just eat up space. I mean, last night in his his debut for the Nets, granted, they played the Kings, played 24 minutes, had 11 points, nine rebounds, a block, two steals, four assists. Like, 
pretty fucking good. I don't know what you can ask, what more you can ask for when you're rolling out James Johnson, Nick Claxton, and Lamarcus Aldridge. Like, you need someone who's young-ish and that actually can buy up some time. So, um, yeah, I don't know why we just became a pro Andre Drummond podcast, but I I thought the Nets came away with such a win given where the team was going with Harden. Like, I love how Harden's MO now is like, if he's not digging it, he's just going to like be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he's fucking out. He starts he's just piling a piece on the food, of shit. <laughs> just not showing up. Oh, I hurt my hammy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and now you get two guys that are ahead of this blockbuster trade, James Harden and Ben Simmons, who were, I mean, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but more or less faking both of the injuries that they are using to not play. James Harden's hammy is fine. He's going to be yeah. playing for Philly the next, the next game that, that he can suit up. He'll be back. Ben Simmons, break, yeah, he'll be he'll be back for sure. Ben Simmons is, I mean, never want to doubt anybody's mental health, but I mean, he he said that he was working through mental health issues, and that's why he couldn't play in Philly. He's going to be playing for Brooklyn right after the All Star break. Yeah. So, like, both of these guys use the leverage that they have as a players' league to get to the destinations. Well, for James Harden, it was to get to the destination he wanted. For Ben, it was to get out of the destination. That kind of yeah. soured on him. But I mean, I'm just happy this shit's over with. Like, so tired of hearing so Ben's sick name of talking about nothing ben materializing. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm excited for him. Like, if anything, the Nets all they had to do was take some load off of KD and Kyrie, and they they've done that. Um, I think Simmons has not a ton to really prove on that team, other than just like just eat up minutes. You know, don't fuck shit up. And I would love to see him come out and just hit a few threes, kind of like how Blake Griffin did with his dunks. Oh, yeah. Um, Just but, prove people he can do it. Yeah, but while you're on the subject, how about Joel, Joel, Joel Embiid, a.k.a. Troll Al Embiid, <laughs> just going back to, like, 2016 with this troll game. Where he was uh, offering to, like, do anything for Rihanna. He's back at <laughs> it. He's he's back at it. He's better than ever. I love Joel. The day, the, the second the announcement of the trade happened, he posted a picture of the classic, like, suited up black dude at a funeral where he came to his haters' funeral just to make sure he was done for. R.I.P. Like, Bozo. R.I.P. Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> like, undefeated, one of the best internet. It's not even a meme. Like, that photo circulates because people screenshotted that guy's Instagram and just, yeah. like, send it out. It's one of the weirder things that had. It's not a meme. But Joel clipped the photo. It got on ESPN. This guy is now like coming out. That's I guess this guy is like a real person. <laughs> like he he has a a following. I think. Oh, he's like know. actually out of the woodworks and talking. He's like a yeah. So this guy came out and was like, oh, I posted this picture in '15 when I was at a hater's funeral. God <laughs> is good. Look how like it's circulating now. I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> okay, wow. But yeah, shout out to Joel for I didn't I didn't know he still had it in him. Like you said, 2016 Joel, it would not wouldn't flinch if he did something like this. But nowadays, Jojo, I love it. Yeah. And then they proceeded and, to get beat by uh what 40 points tonight or last night by the uh the Celtics. Celtics. So who are red hot for uh you know the Celtics are are red hot. The next piece on them, they were fairly active in the the trade deadline. They got Derek White. They traded Josh Richardson, the highest man in the NBA, Romeo Langford, 2022 mm-hmm. first round pick and a 28. Again, 
un- just a nonsense at this point. 2028 first round pick swap. Um, Derek White's one of those sneaky, like really good, like glue guys where he's three and D cheap, always going to play hard, durable as shit. Um, and that's what they want out of San Antonio system too. that too. Like that's what they wanted out of Josh Richardson. It's literally what they've been looking for. Any of these wing guys they've been bringing on. Um, and he came in at a time where Boston's, uh, they've won how many straight now? see i think they're i was just looking at this earlier because they showed the graphic on their uh during their game but i think they're like six yeah and i think they're like 16 and four or something in a broader sense something like that but they're playing really well they've gone from like shit they're like barely in the plan to now they're six in the east um Mm -hmm. just climbing the ranks they win another game or two they're top three so the East is finally starting too. to shake out, which is good to see. Um, but going back to the Derek White trade, that is a fucking haul for a person or a player of his, of his stature. I know Josh Richardson wasn't really working out in Boston. And Romeo, they just never really developed him. But to give up a first-round pick uh, and a later pick swap and those two guys for Derek White, I think it's a great trade for Boston. It obviously works. But for a guy that's like a glue, like a 30-minute-a-game glue guy, I mean, okay shooter, like pretty average outside shooter. That seems to be a lot, but it's working. I would say I feel like a lot of the moves the Celtics are trying to do is to open up cap space mm-hmm. and avoid any sort of luxury tax. And I know they traded like Bull Bull and Dozier for just like cash considerations. Um, yeah, you're right. They are trying so to. So I get think the they're cap. just trying to offload everything that they have just to open up more more money and more um and less of like a tax burden um but also like i think josh richardson is is in the bob covington world of like a name we all recognize but he had his sort of like season and a half run and for some Mm -hmm. reason he still has this like high value attached to him he fucking still he's He's still eating i know he's still eating off it like credit to him but he's not good no Um, he hasn't performed no. And Romeo Langford's kind of like a they had to move on from him. He wasn't doing much for them. Um yeah. and then the last piece around the picks, who was the last good draft pick that Boston Celtics picked up? Like Peyton Pritchard. Time Lord. Yeah. I selfishly say that. Time Lord's been great for them. So right. I'll give but him that, Time Lord. even that that took a while. Yeah, exactly. So um yeah, we'll see what the Celtics do. The next one, you're kind of scrolling through it, but this one kind of came out of nowhere, in my opinion. Um, Me too. Mavericks traded Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans to, or sorry, the Wizards traded Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Davis Bertans to the um, to the Mavs for Kristaps Porzingis and second round pick for 2022. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! <laughs> how the fuck is that? I mean, I I know how, but it's crazy to think about Kristaps Porzingis fall from grace, don't you think? That and like, what was the the Mavericks or the Mavericks traded what to get what they now have, which is Dinwiddie and Bertans. So, so they, what was their trade for Porzingis? I know it was like, yeah, I'm about to pull like up. Dennis Smith and a few first rounders. So here we go. So 
on January 31st, 2019, after a meeting with the Knicks, left franchise officials with the impression that Kristaps wanted to be traded. Kristaps uh, was traded with Trey Burke, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Mavericks in exchange for, oh my God, yuck, DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and an unprotected 2021 first-round pick. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> was that a haul initially? They made it seem like it was such a big blockbuster deal and they were giving up a lot for him, but no, looking at this thing in retrospect. out to anything. Yeah, I mean, I think the best player in that trade is Tim Hardaway Jr., right? And yeah. he was packaged with the only person Christophs. they have still. Right. Um, so that was a weird trade. And this one's fucking weird too. And I think people around the league were like sensing that Dallas was kind of getting tired of Porzingis and wanted to move on. But I was expecting it to be either more of a salary dump or to get more picks out of it. And I guess it just wasn't there because they basically just split his contract into two different people, Dinwiddie and Bertans. And both of them have been ass in Washington. Not good. And neither of them are fits in Dallas. Like, no. Dinwiddie is essentially what Jalen Brunson is. And I would take playing incredibly, who's playing really great. And Bertans is literally like a shitty version of Maxi Kleber right now, who, again, like they just signed Dorian Finney Smith. Like, they don't need Davis Bertans unless he picks it up and becomes this knockdown shooter that he thought we thought he was two years ago. I um, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fuck the, Ma- the Mavs are doing. Um, they're keeping their Aryan, the, Ma- the the Dallas Aryans up by securing <laughs> another white, but uh, the Dallas Aryans. I don't just know what the hell nasty work down there. Yeah, um, our Cuban just has a fetish for the lighter skin. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that's just a Luca show down there. He's just going to yeah. kind of do his thing, and they're going to be middle of the pack every single year for the time being stupid dumb trade on both sides though i think i mean obviously i guess i guess I the wizards win this the one West, which is crazy to say i always talk that shit and then look at the standings and they're like <laughs> dallas right. is fifth in the west which is i just don't see how this helps dallas get better i don't know yeah i, I think know. it gets washington better i mean they're, i mean they're they're trash they're not going anywhere but yeah i mean they just lost uh bill for the year so he, he might be out of the whole city. <laughs> maybe Chris Tapps, maybe Chris Tapps goes for 30 a game with him out. Who knows? Him and Rui, unbeatable combo. And Kuzma. Dude, Kuzma's been balling out there. I got to give yeah, him credit. I got to give didn't, it to Kuzma. Yeah, I didn't think that would happen. Um, um, other okay, trades kind of the... breeze through them, but um, the right. Bucks had this like fun little four team stuff for stuff for stuff trade. Yeah. Um, Bucks got trip. Ibaka. Clippers got Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale. Kings got DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles. And then the Pistons got Marvin Bagley. A um, whole lot of stuff for stuff. I'll summarize it to Serge Ibaka in Milwaukee. If he's healthy, that's a solid guy off the bench. Is he still good? I feel like I haven't seen Serge play in like Dude, he 15 months. Like capes on the sideline. I, I don't really know what he does. I think he's been hurt forever. Um, okay. Yeah, I have no idea what he adds. I don't think. But he could just healthy. be looking for a better situation, and maybe he's just magically healthier in Milwaukee. Could be. Um, if he is healthy, I think he's a solid like 
Brooke Lopez type replacement. Um, yeah, give uh, but, give Bobby a, a spell off the bench. Yeah, Clippers got stuff that do nothing. I like the Vincenzo in, in Sacramento. Um, yes, I think they needed to get rid of Bagley um, and to get someone like the Vincenzo, even someone like Josh Jackson if he's playing well. Like he can be a solid guy on the wing. Um, they clearly need to fill in what they lost with um, Halliburton. So yeah. Get an NBA champ in Dante DiVincenzo, young guy, first round pick. Like, it's a solid replacement if he stays healthy. Um, you know, a backcourt of him and De'Aaron Fox, not too bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at all. I actually really like the Dante pickup. Josh yeah. Jackson. I mean, why not take a flyer on a on a guy like that? He had and his then, moments uh, last season, so you never know. But yeah, and Trey Lyles is, is is having his. I mean, I'm never gonna like subscribe to to the Trey Lyles fan club. Yeah, but uh, he's having a career year in Detroit, so I don't know if he's gonna get those same minutes in sack. I doubt it, but uh, I mean, I'll never fault you for trading for a guy when his stock is high. And then I love uh, Marvin Bagley in Detroit, like a young, yeah. fun team. He gets a fresh start. He's still the second pick overall. Like, who knows what he can do. If like a coach actually old. likes him. Yeah. And then you got, I mean, him and Cade is a sick little duo. Um, oh, yeah. And everything else they got, like, this also helps Detroit, I mean, next in the offseason, do something with Jeremy Grant, but they kind of have a security blanket in case he walks, which he'll, which will be likely. Um, and, yeah, they got a like- young guy, so – I like how they Detroit just kind of like consolidated their bench players. Like they give up Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, and then they get Marvin Bagley back. I, I actually like the the value in that. So yeah, Pistons I think are that's coming good for up. Detroit. Look out for the Pistons. Um, yep. And the last thing uh, you wanted to bring this up, but recapping Tyreek Evans, he is reinstated into the NBA. Yes. Um, for what the second time in his career he's been reinstated? Yeah, I think I think he's a double offender, unfortunately. Um, um, but yeah, they announced. Uh, I guess it was yesterday, um, the fifteenth, that after like two years, I think he got banned in May of twenty nineteen. So damn, that was only twenty nineteen. Fuck, two that and a half years. Like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So. Yeah, he um, – where was it here? I'm reading the uh, the article that came out when he did get banned. The NBA announced that Tyreek Evans has been dismissed and disqualified from the league for violating the terms of the NBA, NBPA anti-drug program. Um, the release also noted the league is not permitted to discuss details of a player's fla- failed drug test other than to announce a suspension or a dismissal. Um, and then this part's important. So – Per NBA policy, this ban applies to a drug of abuse rather than performance-enhancing drug. Um, so had Tyreek been using – had he been suspended for steroids or PEDs, the league would have identified it and said he's getting in trouble for growth hormone. However – He's doing, like, cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. he was doing – he was – yeah, he was Dewey Coxing it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he was drugs of abuse that are included in the CBA. So he was doing one of these – which was either uh, meth, MDMA, cocaine, LSD, heroin, or codeine or PCP. 
So all pretty, uh, pretty heavy stuff. I'm just going to take a wild guess and say he was doing blow. I don't know that for sure, but blow or coating. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me a lot of aren't doing fucking Molly. <laughs> yeah. Or meth. That would seem really yeah. weird unless you're fucking Birdman. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you remember when this happened to OJ Mayo too. And OJ Mayo got kicked out of the league. I think he was in his twenties when it happened. Um, and I think he might've been doing like, I think the, the rap on him was like lean, right? Wasn't he drinking codeine? I was, I was cocaine, but maybe it was cocaine. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but he, neither here or there. Tyree Gevins is back. Hopefully he gets signed. Um, he's just fun to watch play basketball. I've always been a Tyree Gevins fan. Mm-hmm. Rook, rookie of the year. Uh, I believe he was same draft class as Steph, right? 2009 he draft. He was. Yep. So sure somebody's going to be in need of a crafty ball handling wing and uh yeah the, when the buyout market to see him going to lakers i dude i mean i wouldn't <laughs> be surprised they need all the help they can get Fuck. they're getting none back so might as well yeah they stink um but yeah it says here the nba similarly banned oj mayo from the league in 2016 for violating the same policy um he has since surpassed that time frame but has not played again in the NBA. So it's not, it's not fucking easy <laughs> to come back from a, a full two-year ban. Um, oh, I shit. Say, okay. Do you think that he'll actually get picked up? I don't know. I think it just depends what kind of shape he's in. Depends if he's uh, like marketing himself in the gram like other people are with their workout videos and stuff. I feel like for some reason that carries a lot of weight. Um but this is interesting. So Tyree Gavins is the 13th NBA player DQ since 1986. Um, some other notable people, the Birdman that we mentioned before, Chris Anderson, Stanley Roberts, Roy Tarpley was banned twice. <laughs> the Tarpman uh, getting after it. <laughs> Mitchell Wiggins, Lewis Lloyd, Michael Ray Richardson, Richard Dumas, Chris Washburn, Dwayne Washington, and John Drew all received drug bans. Um, and yeah, they said since 1986, Correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't the 80s the Wild West and David Stern worked really hard to like clean up the cocaine use in the league? It was. So, I mean, it's good. 13 is not a bad number for the league. You would think people would be doing a lot more coke, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. honest, like No, true. I'm, I'm surprised that it's as low as it is. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, it'd be cool to see Tyreek back in the league. He's always been a fun player. I, I agree. Um, one of my favorite 2K players. I'm always absolutely. I'm always down to play with him on the uh, on the video game. Just a bucket getter. So hopefully yep. he'll. Uh, what was he averaging before he got booted? So his last year playing was the 2018 2019 season. He played for the Pacers. Pretty much played a full year. 20 minutes a game. Averaged 10 points, uh, three rebounds, two and a half assists. Shot 35 percent from three. 39 percent from the field. Ugh. No, oh, that's bad. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but bef- the year before that in Memphis, I don't, I don't know if you remember the Memphis year he played in 2017-18, he was averaging 19 points a game. Yeah. So he, he's he got the talent to do it. Just kind of depends what situation he goes into or if he gets a chance. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. Keep your eyes um, on Moving along, going to some dub stuff. So yes. um, let's see, where to begin? <laughs> The other night, Dubs played the, uh, the the very beat up Clippers, whose best mm-hmm. player at that time is who? What? Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. Like, Man. Yeah. 
They lost uh, 118, we made, 104. Um, we made Terrence Mann look like fucking LeBron, dude. Dude, yeah. That was they, embarrassing. They destroyed our defense the other night. Um, yeah. Steph had a good night, but no one else really came to play. Um, Wiggins looks washed. Looney looks tired. Like, everybody don't, just looks tired, man. Don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame Definitely him. don't blame Looney. Could never blame Looney. Um, our, our a lot of Damian Lee. Too much Damian Lee, I'd say. Um, Jordan Poole played terrible. Yeah. Clay didn't play. It's just like all around. Everybody just played like shit. Um, I, I mean, it's the Super Bowl hangover. They all went to the game for the most yeah. part. I don't know if every single player did, but saw a lot of Warriors on Instagram in a box at the Super Bowl. They were partying, being in L.A., so – they can taste that all-star break. They need it. I don't, I'm not really going to put too much stock in a drop in this game or what have you, but yeah, I was going to say, if anything could take away, it's like they need a break and like yeah. they need Draymond to get back so they can start getting back on track for the second half of the season. Right. Um, with that though, came some positive news out of our, our weekly James Wiseman update. Um, yeah. Yesterday, the day we're recording this, um, it was announced that he's, cleared for five on five contact um huge which is a Big huge news. news update for us warriors fans um a lot of talk around the t- trade deadline as to why the warriors didn't do anything to get a big um it could mean that they knew this was coming as far as wiseman and they're trying to like secure his spot um all in all, positive news. I, I think it was two weeks ago. I was exhausted talking about Wiseman and his like potential of coming back and then setbacks. Um, so Slater confirmed it five on five scrimmaging for the first time. Um, it'll commit consists of a mix of Warriors, young players, coaches, and staffers. So that's going to be like Chris your DeMarco. Moody's, your Chris DeMarco's, your Barbosa's, um, Steve Kerr's son, Steve Kerr's sure son, there. like. All I want to see him is get some run, um, get him going, and then hopefully we can get him to get some some minutes on the floor in like late March if we're being cons- like. I hope so. Optimistic. I, think, I don't know. I think the one thing that looks kind of promising here is he just started the three on three scrimmaging last week. So if within a week he's going from three on three to five on five. I'm hoping that the ramp up to full on contact scrimmage and full practices is going to be coming not long after. I don't really know. I think they took a lot of time with clay. Um, So I don't know if they're going to be following the same thing, but would love to get him out on, on the court in Santa Cruz sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I think we'll see that probably by the end of the month, we'll see this ramp up to scrimmage time with like the actual team. And then hopefully he gets some games down in Santa Cruz by the end of the month we can see him, you know, mid-March, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. I'm no doctor. Um, so I'll be viciously watching uh, Dr. Pandya's uh, Twitter feed to see what he has to say. We've already um, been doing it. You know that. Our resident doctor for all these updates. So <laughs> let's see. Does he have a – I'm sure he's tweeted about this new update. Let's see. Yeah, let's so he mentioned Dr. Pandya, who's like the unofficial warrior, is like Twitter doctor. Um, he's, he he's the DMP just, doctor. Yeah, he's a DMP doctor. He pretty much just says that the key here is to make sure that the pain and swelling don't present 
each or after each new introduction of load to the knee. So after this round of scrimmaging, make sure the knee is good, not swelling, not pain. And then they make the next advancement to the next stage in recovery or rehab, which is probably um, the scrimmage with the team. And then from there, it's probably the Santa Cruz runs. And then yeah, get his ass out there. Man, we need it. We, we need some fucking help down low. We just yeah. need some return on our investment, to be honest with you. Like, we, we need him to start producing. You can't pick somebody number two overall, have this much hype, and then just never play. 20 games out of it. Yeah, it's – Especially right now. Yeah, especially right now. And you see it with the Rams. They pretty much let go all of their draft picks to win a Super Bowl. And yeah. the Warriors, you know, they didn't make a move this deadline. I don't know if I thought they should, but they need to be in this win now mode and to have, you know, a huge asset like Wiseman slowly nursing an injury back. Like we got to step on the gas. Like we clearly, um, we still don't know what Draymond's back is going to be like. I think he'll be back about a week or so after um, the all-star break. I think he's just slowly taking, getting slowly recovered there. Mm -hmm. Um, but we can't afford to just have Looney and, you know, the rest of our like fours that are playing center um, throughout the playoffs. So I just don't see how we would have added another big at the trade deadline. I mean, especially with the way the roster is constructed and like the comfort that the coaching staff has, who would they have moved to add another piece down low? Like you, you can't move Chris Chioza for that because he's on a two way. Yeah. They're not going to get rid of – I mean, Belly is a big man, so they're not going to get rid of him. Obviously, Steph, Draymond, Iguodala, Kaminga, not going to happen. Looney's a big. Did they trade Damian Lee and piss off Steph? Steve Kerr has been quoted a million times saying how comfortable he is with Damian Lee on the court. He trusts him. That's not going to happen. Moses Moody, Gary Payton II, Jordan Poole, Otto Porter, and Clay. they're not going to get moved. So that really leaves Juan Toscano-Anderson, right? So yeah, you, but he's making pennies, so it's like you kind right. of match up salaries. So it's like the, the thought would be like, can you shop? Can you get something for Wiseman? But obviously, right, um, that's not much of a market for him now. So, yeah, I think it's one of those like unrealistic thinking as a, uh, a sideline casual fan like myself, just being like, can we do something to get production now? Um, sure, but. That's not in the Warriors game. They don't really make these sort of deals. Um, they definitely don't trade young picks to make big moves like this. So we're rolling with what we got. <laughs> so now just get fucking healthy and see what we can do. I like it. Get us to the fucking all-star break. Get us healthy. And it's on. I mean, we've done a great job without Draymond Green. I was, gonna say, I was just going to say that. Like, all things considered, we're still second in the West, 42 and 16. Um we 13 and seven without Draymond. Is that um, what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'll take that. All things considered, we don't have a good streak. Nine game winning streak without Draymond. Like we, we've definitely held our own. It's just, you could see the fatigue, the fatigue getting there. Um, so yeah, could all-star break couldn't come at a better time. Yeah. So did you also see that James Harden is now sitting out of the all-star game too? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, he's got to continue the facade of having a bad hamstring. The hammy. <laughs> Jared Allen, his replacement. I love it. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it was either him or Jalen Brown. Um, I'm always going to be big on, like, first-time all-star bids. 
newcomer. Who knows how many more times Jared Allen's going to be able to get an all-star bid. I mean, he's far from a sexy pick. Um, True. And it's the Cavs year, man. Like, they deserve to have two players in the all-star game. Um, Jared Allen's playing like a top five center in the league right now. And I think he deserves to be, you know, getting that nod. Um, I do think Juice is well-deserving of a nod. Um, but if I had to choose, I'd give it to the player who hasn't made it yet. Yeah, I agree. And especially like the Celtics have kind of just, we talked about this earlier, had kind of just put their foot on the gas and Cleveland's been overachieving all year. So yeah. Celtics are just like recency bias of like Jalen Brown's playing really well on their streak. It makes sense to get him in there. Um, but yeah, Jared Allen's well-deserving of this position of this, of this title. Right. Um, I like the teams. I'm not gonna lie. Um, we didn't yeah. talk about them and their funny little uh, Rudy Gobert draft pick stuff last week. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. Oh yeah, came down. Uh, I, I guess we we predicted it wrong, right? We both said Rudy was gonna get taken last, and we forgot how spiteful and petty KD can be. I love KD. Me too. <laughs> so yeah, he. Uh, what was there? Two players left on the board: Rudy Gobert and uh, and James Harden. And this is right. Before or after James got traded, I forget. Was it? It was right after, right? It was yeah, right it after. Was the deadline. The deadline. Deadline was Thursday, and so that right. night, and he had Chuck cracking jokes all night. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so, pretty- uh, oh, he's healthy now. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got no hamstring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. So yeah, there was two two players left on the board, and KD kind of danced around it and said, "Oh, you got uh, what do you say? You got like." It's like, I need some interior uh, defense. You know, I'm going up against LeBron, Giannis. Giannis. Like, I need someone inside. <laughs> I'm going to take Rudy um, Gobert. I'm going to take Rudy Gobert. And the whole time, LeBron's fucking cracking up. Um, Chuck is just talking shit. Um, LeBron's got his iPad over his face. He won't even look at him. Yeah. Dude, the best part about that was when Ernie was like, so, Kate, so Kevin, how's your uh, your knee? You going to tell us about your knee? He goes, nope. Nope. Goes, oh, didn't think so. <laughs> Yeah, he's perfect. Like, what what other like response do you expect from Kevin Durant? He's just like, no, nope, not going to tell you shit. Incredible. Um, but yeah, I like the teams. Um, just looking at it, just the starters. We got one team. The what team? Is this Team KD, I guess. Yeah, Team KD. Um, Joel, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and Wiggins, and then. Just some names on the reserves. Not going to go through all of them. They got Levine, Lamelo, Booker, um, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Um, this team's pretty sick. Yeah, I, I like this team. Um, it is funny to see Andrew Wiggins' name with all these other guys. Like, which of these does not belong? <laughs> it is kind of funny <laughs> when you look at it that way. But no, it's a cool squad. Um, but I, think I will LeBron, say it is cool to see the the young Minnesota core. Um, uh, all in their own place on an all-star team. Like that was a sick yeah. little trio back in the day. Um, I think Cat yeah. had a good quote about like Flip Saunders always saw the vision in them and they're kind of doing it for Flip and all that. I'm all, I like that kind of shit. So, yeah. So it's good to see the three young core that the, that Minnesota had between Cat, Levine and uh, Wiggins kind of had high expectations for them when they first got drafted and now all really on their own team thriving and making an all-star team it's pretty cool one thing i would say is the sassy ass cat is probably going to be the one to be like 
yeah, I knew this the whole time. Whereas, like, you don't hear much of, like, <laughs> Zach and uh, Wiggins talking about it. But, you know, Sassy Cat's going to be the one to be like, see. I told I y'all. Told, yeah. <laughs> mm, I done told, I told y'all. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's for sure what's going to happen. God damn it. it. Why does he um, have to be like that? But and then Team, team LeBron. LeBron. Got LeBron, Giannis, Steph. DeRozan and Jokic as starters. That's a filthy starting lineup. Yeah, it's not fair. And then the reserves for him are going to be Jared Allen, Fred Van Vliet, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, CP3, Darius Garland, and Luka. I, not a good I gotta bench. say, <laughs> I think I'm going to take LeBron's team over uh, over KD's. Like the starting lineup is nasty, and I just love. Um, the young bench pieces they have between Garland and Van Vliet and Jared Allen. Yeah. I feel like the KD team, because they have like last year players, I feel like, I feel like they're going to try to do a little bit too much. And then when it comes down to it, it's going to be like, it's going to come down to like Joel Embiid is going to be the one leading at the end of the game. Like he was a couple of years back. Yeah. Um, Cause when they do like the, the sudden death shit. It's like, give the ball to whoever's hot. And I feel like it's going to be Joel versus a combination of Giannis, probably maybe even DeMar and LeBron. I was going to say, you think DeMar finishes the game? He think fucking so. deserves it. Jimmy's not going to do shit. He's going to be all hungover and barely play. I feel like Luca's still Luka. in that phase of like the Are young guy stars? being a little passive. Um. Yeah, I think you're right. It's probably a couple of years away from Luca really owning the All Star game. Yeah, and then Chris Paul, he might be in there. Um, mm. just because he's Chris Paul, but yeah, I feel like it's just going to go down to like Giannis versus Joel Embiid down the stretch. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's gonna be a that. good game. Yep. So who do you predict? Who who are you taking? You're taking Team uh, Team KD. You said. I'll take KD if you if you're if you're big on the LeBron yeah. team, yeah. I'm shooting for the young Brown. guns. Give me uh give me Sassy Cat and the Boys. Ooh, uh, that's a home. good band name. I know, right? Sassy Cat and the Boys signed to Aftermath. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I bet I know I have Sassy Cat and the Boys winning, but I still think uh, I had Giannis prediction as my MVP. But if I'm going with Sassy Cat, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Team LeBron, and I'm picking Steph. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to go LeBron for MVP. The the Kobe Bryant award, do you think he'll get it? Yeah, I feel like he's just been too annoying this year, and, like, this would be the perfect cap. I don't get any respect. Yeah, of, like, uh, washed king. Y'all said I couldn't do it. That's so true. Fuck. So, I hope he doesn't, but I don't know. I have a weird – inkling but he also could be nursing an injury i think he said like the only thing that uh because he just tweaked his knee right and he's like just like so. my high ankle sprain last year the only thing that's good that can fix it is rest and i don't have uh how did he word it he said like, have I that luxury i don't have the luxury to rest so maybe this is when he finally takes his rest and i could be completely wrong okay. he's so annoyed these days he's, he's the excuse <laughs> man that's what he does um but yeah that's all i got um you got anything else fun on the uh, Um, top of your mind 
looking to see if anything else trending has popped off today. I don't think so. The only other thing that I had up, which we don't really have to go into too much detail about, but um, I don't know if you. Oh, dude, with... I read that. I read that in CJ's today. Okay, yeah. So the Players Tribune, sick website where all the players kind of like are able to uh, write up and do their own articles. And Tyrese Halliburton wrote a really good article about getting traded. Super short, super easy to read, um, but really cool just to kind of go into his mind and see how it took 30 minutes for him to get traded. And he like was convinced that he was going to be a king for life. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting read. And if you didn't like Tyrese before, I feel like it's almost impossible to, to hate him now after reading this. It also cracked me up when he said that uh, he just kind of like threw out a text message when he found out he got traded to the the team group text and the way that they all responded, they were like, shut up. No way. Cap. Like <laughs> they threw out the cap emoji. <laughs> yeah. Funny Dude. to hear them react. Yeah. It was, I read this and like comparing it to like CJ's where it's like Tyrese's was completely unexpected. CJ was like, I knew this was coming. I wanted to go to new Orleans. Like this is going to work out great. Like I love. Oh, I didn't, I didn't read CJ's yet. He wanted to go there. Yeah. So CJ's was like, I had, I knew this was coming. Um, I was, you know, the Blazers front office was very open about it. So, like, it was just a matter of, like, when and if, if they were going to get a deal done and when. Um, he talked about, like, you know, his sentimental moments with, like, the players and his relationship with Dame and shit like that. Um, but he nice. ended up being, like, I left Portland on really good terms. It's, like, my second home, blah, blah, blah. I love Whereas that. Tyrese was, like, I woke up, got a call from my agent, and was, like, I'm leaving Sacramento. Like, he read it. He wrote it like he's been in Sacramento for like five years. It's still crazy. It's only his second year, which shows like how much he was invested in this team and community in the community. And yeah, I felt for him. Like I, I know you're a big Tyrese guy. Like I'm a big Tyrese guy. Like yeah. get him every now and then on the old man and the three podcasts. Like that sucks for a guy like that to just kind of get his like completely like dream rip from him to try to like rebuild a city and rebuild a team and a franchise um he'll be fine in indiana but man, yeah i just i just watched <laughs> some of their game last night he looks real good in those pacers jerseys dude he they're looks gonna great be, in them and he's been playing great yeah when they get healthy they're gonna be nasty they gotta do something about fucking goga badazzi he stinks but they're uh they're gonna be good and he's he's gonna be the one to take him there i think for sure yeah, let's see. Yeah. He's been what is he recommend it a couple games. If nobody has uh has read it yet, log on to the Players Tribune and just search Tyrese Halliburton. It's a good good read. Called Life. Yeah, Goes he's on. put up uh 23 22 first game, right? and 17. So he's been I think he dished out 16 assists in his first game with the Pacers too. Shout out Kev, man. We're getting Kev on the pod soon. We just got to figure Love out time. Pacers. <laughs> we need a, we need a, a Pacers update from uh, the one and only. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Tyrese, shout out to Kev and um, that'll do it for this week. Um, yes. A nice episode chock full of sports. Um, we got the all-star game this weekend. Warriors get a break. We won't get a break. We'll keep churning out content. Um, and um, yeah, go Warriors. We will see y'all next week. See ya. Shout out my Peace. pops. Shout out Dubious. We love you, Dubious. Damn. <laughs>